This is Becky Millhaven, just saying. In Omaha, I'm Tom Becker. Happy Hanukkah from your friend uh, McGraw Millhaven here at the Big 550 KTRS in St. Louis. And uh, it is. It's the holiday season. We wish everybody, no matter what your, no matter what you believe, no matter what your, what your, uh, how you celebrate, we wish you all to have a happy and safe holiday season. Uh, it is Hanukkah. You know, this is a thing, McGraw. And boy, do I want to start off opening up a uh, a kettle of worms here? Do I want to start off being somewhat controversial? Um, no. Ah, uh, I know, because I get blasted for saying this, but. It's been bugging me a little bit. What is it? Well, it's just because you may not agree with the actions of the Israeli government does not mean that you love Hamas. It does not mean that you support Hamas. It doesn't mean that you hate Jews. It's just that, you know, I don't know. How can you tell the Palestinians to uh, to move to South Gaza and then start bombing South Gaza? You know that that to me just seems I don't know it, it just doesn't seem right for some reason. Well, I I, I well I, I well it's because um, you don't know who is the good guy, who is the bad guy. Um, there are women and children who are actually involved in the fight, who will you know carry suicide bombs, who will blow things up, who will torture, who will do ever. So they're not walking around in uniform. So you don't know who's who. And second of all, I I am uh, watching this very closely. And yes, there are innocent uh, Palestinians who are getting caught in the um, fighting. And that's terrible and that's tragic. But it's not the fault of the Israeli government. It's the fault of the terrorist groups Hamas that is doing this to their own people. Because they're the ones oh, I, who started. I, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm and, and and make this very very clear. I am not supporting Hamas. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying that what they've done is is, is correct. So no. I, I mean that's just it. Because we've lost. We've lost nuance. I think we've lost. You know the ability to nuance a little bit here, and, and that. So I want to make it very very clear. It just seems to me that the Israeli government, years ago, there was the uh, two state solution that was proposed. And somehow that couldn't get done. And that and they, again it takes two, you know, two to tango. So the Hamas is just, you know, to blame on this as, as well. But it just seems to me that there's enough here for everybody to to be able to thrive and to get along and, and we're we're letting up this is this just seems so unnecessary to me. The the Jewish people are a proud people. The Palestinians, for the most part, are a proud people. You know, and, and, and well, but hold on a second. Hold on a second. You, you, you're, you're also conflating the Palestinians with Gaza and Hamas. The Palestinian people in Jordan, the Palestinian people in Egypt, they don't want these these Gazans coming in, right? Egypt isn't saying come on in. None of the Arab countries in the region want anything to do with Hamas or Gaza. So the only people who are willing to sort of take them on. Um, you know, is Israel, but the the other region, the other countries in the region, they're not lending a hand to these people. They don't want them in their country. They don't want to deal with Hamas. They don't want to deal with these terrorists. So it isn't it isn't like the Israelis are the terrible, terrible people. It's the people themselves have some twisted type of warped reality 
and they want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Well, first of all, first of all, you know, say these people, these people are dealing here with some Iranian leaders. We're dealing here with, you know, a handful of people. Just like saying, just like saying that, you know, you can you can uh, condemn the January 6th insurrectionists. That doesn't mean that you hate America. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that you hate all Republicans. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's just you're condemning the people that are doing this. And, and this is what I think bothers me somewhat about this, is that when you go and uh, in any way, shape or form, uh, criticize some of the actions of the Israeli government, then you're automatically pe pegged. No, as, I don't. I don't. I, you can you can disagree with their strategy or whatever else. I don't think that's I, that's well within the region. Look, many is Israelis are very critical and have no support for Benjamin Netanyahu. So I agree. he's not very he's not very popular within his own country. So, you know, criticizing Israel is not anti-Semitic, but the idea somehow that uh, here, here's my bone of contention for the week is where are now that we're hearing stories about more of what happened on October 7th, and the rape and the abuse and the barbaric things that were done to the men and women of Israel, either while in captivity or after January, uh, after uh, October 7th, which are so horrific. Uh, my co-host on the show was brought to tears when we were talking to a reporter from Jerusalem um, that 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 how how where are the progressive women's groups that want to stand up? for equal rights for women all around the world, but they're deathly silent about the treatment of the Israeli Jews at the hands of Hamas. Where are those people? I, well, look, this is a very, you know, I, I mean, oh, excuse me, 20 some odd years ago, I uh, during the Intifada, I, I spent uh, about 10 days in Israel. And I'll admit, I went there thinking that uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm going to try to figure this out. I'm going to try to figure this out. I'll admit after spending 10 days in Israel, I left more confused than when I went in. You know, because there are, you're right, there are a lot of people there in Israel that want peace, that work, and there are a lot of people in, in, in Israel that, that, that work hand in hand with, um, you know, uh, people in, uh, from Gaza, that work yeah. hand in hand with, you know, the, the and, and that are working towards peace. And then, and, and that, and that never gets reported, you know, and, and, and that's what needs to be, I think, you know, brought up more. You're right. You talk about the silence of these women's groups who are, are, are staying silent. I think in some extent, you know, the decent people staying silent causes more of the problem, more of the problems and allow some of this um, hatred and some of these uh, awful actions to take place. You, you you can't say that the Israelis hate Muslims because they appointed a Muslim on their Supreme Court. There are Muslims who are living in peace side by side with Israelis. So it's not the Muslims. It's not the Palestinians. It's the it's Hamas, which we're smart enough to understand the difference between a terrorist organization and Muslims who want to live in peace in the region with their neighbors. And that's what Israel is trying to do. Are, will there be collateral damage? Yes. Are there some mistakes? Could they do things better? A million different ways, yes. 
But when Hamas treats their own citizens worse than the Israeli military is, and then the outcry is on the Israeli military, makes no sense to me. Well, you know, it just, it is, um, well, like I said, I, after spending 10 days there, I left more confused than when I went in. And, um, and and I wish to God that, you know, for Allah or whoever you choose to pray to, that they can figure this out and uh, and stop this because it's it's just it, you know it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I've got I've got uh, uh, Afghan refugees living on in my neighborhood. You know, I got Afghan refugees living in my neighborhood. These kids could not be cuter. They're in the front yard on a you know the, I think the weather in St. Louis probably is, is like in Omaha today. You know, it's going to be 60 degrees in December. Those Muslim kids, they're wearing the, you know, traditional, more, more than traditional uh, uh, Afghani garb, and they're playing cricket in the front yard instead of baseball. But whenever I walk by, it's like, hi, hi, you know, and I'd say hi to them, and they could not be nicer. One of the little, one of the little uh, uh, kids, he's probably about like four or five years old, runs up to me and gives me a hug, you know? And it's like, how do you, how do you go and, um, you know, just not understand that we're all so much more alike than we want to find that we're different, you know, and 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 and, and try to work on that so that we can avoid this sort of stuff. And, and to tell, to tell these, you know, the, these tyrants, you know, that they've got to stop. And is there any other way to do it Besides bombing and killing innocent people, I, I wish I had the answer. And maybe what I'm maybe what I'm expressing here more than anything else is just my frustration. Yeah. Well, after 9/11, the country had a different frustration. We didn't say we didn't say can't we all get along. We all said, uh, you know, we're gonna go and find the guys. Yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, you know, George Bush. Uh, specifically went after and said, look, this is not all Muslims. This is not all, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're not all terrorists. Well, I, I, I think the Israeli government's saying the same thing. Look, this the Israeli government's not saying we're going after all all, all Palestinians, right? They, 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 There's some in the Israeli government that want the PLO to take over Gaza. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not Muslims. It, it's not the Palestinians. It's this group of this subsect of group who is is lost their mind have have a distorted view of reality. Anyway, let's move on. Okay, you're right. It's the holidays. We shouldn't be talking about this stuff. I want to have a more festive a more festive uh, attitude here on this. You know, I um and I, I was uh, out at the store the other day, and it dawned on me that like, all the kids in my life are now adults, and it's nice. You know, I mean, I can get them little gifts and stuff like that. But it's, you know, a gift card is not the same as buying, you know, a Barbie doll for the niece or nephew, well, for the niece, you know, uh, you know, or, 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 or you know, a basketball for the nephew. You know, it it's not quite the same when you don't have little kids uh, uh, in your life uh, during the holidays. And it's just, I was thinking about how lucky you are, you know, to have Emerson, because it's got to be, it's got to be a rush for you, you know, as she understands now, you know, just what Santa is and what, what's going on. No, there's no rush for me. I got to hide the presents. I'm worried about it. I got to put the presents together. Um, I got to get this. I got to get the Santa Claus up. The Santa, the big Santa Claus doesn't 
doesn't blow up right. It keeps being, it looks, it gets inflated, but it doesn't stand up. So, so it looks like it's home on a drunken stupor, um, 20 foot Santa <laughs> thing face down in my front yard it doesn't look good i got issues man i got issues so so it's just like so it's just you got a bad santa's when you got there no i got a 20 foot blow up santa that inflates but doesn't stand up on his feet so he's he's planted face down in my front yard like i mean i put a couple of jameson bottles around him and take a picture i'm like oh you know santa had a bad light night last night um then I got to do, I got to worry about, um, I got to worry about presents. I got to worry about wrapping. I got to worry about, um, I got to worry about stockings. I mean, I, I got a lot of things going on, man. How, how many Jameson bottles do you have laid around the house that you can just like throw them around your Santa, take the picture? Because if you got that many Jameson bottles around the house, maybe the inflatable Santa is not the problem. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I've mentioned this story four or five times. No one has mentioned to me why I have so many empty Jameson bottles around. <laughs> Just thinking, that may not be the. I'm a recycling center. All right, get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're waiting to recycle it with more better. Those Jameson, more Jameson bottles. Those Jameson bottles don't last as long as they used to years ago <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> because you got a you got a three year old kid. That's why. <laughs> all right, uh, now I I have a question. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, can you, you, I, I know you listened to my show today. I don't know. Did you hear me say what the number one song in, in America is today? Yeah. Rocket around the Christmas tree. Brenda Lee. Yeah, Brenda Lee. It's the number one song in America. It's the broke the record for the, the oldest artist to reach number one. Brenda Lee is 78 years old and it's the longest climb to number. It took 65 years for rocking around the Christmas tree by Brenda Lee took 65 years from release to number one. There's, now, this brings up an interesting question. I've been thinking about this. Uh, does this show a, a desire to um, go back to like a, a simpler, more nostalgic time? Does this um, show uh, uh, that just the power of the internet? Uh, the, does this show that we're just tired of Mariah Carey and Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Does this have to be more? It's it's a cute song and everything, but so are the chipmunks singing, you know, Christmas time, you know. So no, it's not. The chipmunks are not cute. There's nothing cute about the chipmunks. They're just oh, no, no, come on, you know the chip. Okay, then any other song. I mean, they're you know, I mean, White Christmas is a song that's parentally there, you know. But so what is it? What is it about this song that made it number one? I don't know. I, I don't know. Now, she recently released a video that's got 50 million views on it or something. I don't know why Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is has taken off, but uh, Billboard does physical and digital sales, uh, and they put in there the amount of airplay on radio stations, video and audio streams, online digital music platforms, and when it's all said and done, Brenda Lee's rocking around the Christmas tree, the number one song in America. And, keep um, your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Okay. So, okay. So that brings up an interesting, this will be a, a great topic for your radio show one day uh, as you get closer to, um, and maybe even, even I got a Friday with, um, you know, this topic here with Brenda Lee. What Christmas songs or holiday songs from your youth 
still uh and by the way i want to say holiday instead of christmas in case you know i mean somebody could be listening and maybe uh adam sanders hanukkah song might be the holiday song for their youth you know so i'm not trying to you know be politically correct or anything i'm just saying look there are there are songs this time of year uh that uh you know bring back memories no, you you want to bring out you want to bring out a war on christmas is what you want oh don't don't get me started on this don't get me started on this <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's the nice thing about me. I hate everybody. So it doesn't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, the, the thing of it is, is that what 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 songs from your youth bring back you know real memories of this time of year? Mm, the Captain and Tennille, Muskrat Love. Hello. I'm, 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 I'm speechless. I think I was going more for, more for. I'm not even sure of Muskrat Love. I think Muskrat Love is probably more of a summer song, but um, uh, yeah. Okay. So, 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 but we recently cleared out my mother's house, uh -huh. and the only, you know, we went, you know, what do you want? And there was nothing of, you know, there's no real value, right? It was all just sentimental stuff. And the only thing I wanted from the house was the um, stereo furniture, right? That the old console, right? That they bought at J.C. Penney when my older sisters were in high school as a family gift. I said that's the only thing I wanted because that's where I would sit in the living room and you know fell in love with radio. And I would sit and, you know, scan the dial and listen to baseball games or listen to music or play records. And I mean, I just have fond memories of, you know, the eight track tape where you would play it and then you'd hear the cha-chunk, right? As it was changing from tracks. Sure. So I get it. So they, they're like, fine, you want it. So I had it. I paid for it to get it shipped to St. Louis. So now it's in my, my, my basement. But unbeknownst uh, uh, to, to everyone, they also sent me all the records from that time as well, because they're like, well, you know, we, here, take it. Right. So they all were trying to get rid of it. And it was a whole box of records. So they sent me the records, too. So I have I have a vintage collection of records from the mid 70s to the late 70s. And oh, my goodness, Peter Frampton comes alive. Neil Sedaka. I mean, just the nuttiest, weirdest albums. And it's it's literally like walking out of a DeLorean into 1975. You know, that's, uh, well, that, that actually turned out to be a better answer than I anticipated. Because it wasn't actually a song that brought you fond memories of your holidays during the, you know, this time of year. But it was actually just how those songs were played. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that. Oh man, I now now that you said that, now I'm bummed because uh we had something similar to that uh when I was a kid. And uh, you know, parents got rid of it during a move and everything, uh, as things, you know, got, got bigger and better. But I would love to have that uh, and those memories and, and my dad's old Frank Sinatra albums and stuff like that. Yeah, I would love yeah. to have that. Well, so so you haven't you haven't been to my house in a while. Um, there's a guy in town and every time I mention this guy on the radio, I get flooded with comments like, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who is this guy? His name is Ed Markley. 
and he's he has uh his business is hi-fi and he's on uh facebook and i think uh instagram and this guy rebuilds old uh, i guess old consoles i guess right so uh, a couple years ago i went to his house and his basement or his garage was filled with old ratty cobweb strewn consoles and i said i want that one and he says fine i'll let you know so i commissioned him to do it and he redid everything i mean he did all re redid all the wood redid all of the ball bearings all of the the buttons right and i don't know three months later i called him up and he i went to pick it up and it's brand spanking new no i did so see that when the last time i was at your house i did see yeah. that yeah and when I play records on that thing all the time. And everyone who comes over just looks at it like it's the Mona Lisa. And they're like, oh, and it smells like 1975. It sounds like 1975. I put Christmas albums on that thing. And, and it, the, the sound goes all throughout the house. It is the absolute best. Best purchase I ever made. I never really equated this with a holiday memory, but I think it, it probably... Kind of fits in because it's similar as a as a as a young boy. I mean, we spent you know holidays at my grandparents' house, and they had this old and I mean old like nineteen forties era radio that probably you know I mean I was four or five you know five six years old. It was probably like about you know ten feet tall, but it was probably more right. like about five feet tall. And and my dad would tell me stories about how when he was a kid how he would sit there and listen to the shadow and uh burns and allen and 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 all of the you know the the old uh radio dramas and stuff and i would sit there and i would i would just sort of stare at that radio i would just stare at that radio and, and occasionally you know we we uh, they turn it turn it on and i'd be able to listen to my rock and roll on it and stuff and and it does that there wasn't necessarily the song so much as how I was getting that music that, that, that brings back, uh, you know, a lot of fond memories. Oh my God. I, I, it's, I, I could play albums on that thing. And then of course, you know, you know, albums are coming back. I was at target the other day and there was a Taylor Swift album that they were selling, but albums are coming back and they're re-releasing. Like I got like a new born to run, like brand new with the rapper still on it for, I don't know, 20 bucks or whatever. Uh, but you you go to some of these old vinyl shops, man, you could spend a good hour with a blink of an eye and come out there with four or five, six great albums, go home and play. It's man. I don't know why. I don't know how we got out of the whole idea of, you know, playing albums. But we we really miss something now that we're not playing albums anymore. The mom and pop record stores. And I say record, but they're, they're more than record stores. But the old mom and pop record stores that. uh uh, sort of went by the wayside for a while, have now come back where there's a resurgence and are booming. Uh, we've got Homer's Records here in Omaha, and uh, they used to have locations all over town. Now I think they've only got one location, but that one location is just doing gangbusters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and 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 you know, and I I I I go in there sometimes and just rummage through the albums, you know, and, and rummage through to see you know what was there. And and you're right, man. There's there's a, a resurgence of vinyl. It's um, because uh, you do miss something. You miss some of the the, the tactile. Um, oh, the sound. I'm sorry. The sound just doesn't. 
I don't know, CDs are so antiseptic in your phone and your beats or your bots or whatever. It's just not the same as, you know, the old speakers. And then I this story, I think I've told this story before. Maybe I haven't. But my niece, who is, when is she, 30? She came to visit me for the holidays. And I had a whole bunch of records. And they were done, right? So I said, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you restack the six albums so we can play them again? So she says, no problem. So she goes in. And then I hear from the living room, Uncle McGraw, what? Does the record go from the outside in or the inside out? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No idea. And then this year, she sent me a picture. She bought a record player for herself because she so wants to get into listening to albums. Yeah, my nephew, my nephew got into vinyl, you yeah. know, and I, I gave him some uh, some old Advent speakers that I had uh, in storage uh, and uh, had those refurbished and sent them to him. Um, and uh, but but I'll tell you, you know, there's actually the best of both worlds, though, too. There's a band originally from Nebraska called Timberline, and uh, they had one album out. And I love that album. And when it came out, I was a, a country DJ in Wyoming. And I, I there were like three or four songs on that album that I just laid, laid the heck out of. I just, you know, wore the needle out on them. And But then you can't find any more because, you know, the, the, the album was never a, really a hit. It was never a big deal. Well, the lead singer-songwriter uh, passed away recently. And I could go on Amazon and find that uh, that album and listen to it online. So I was, I was at least able to get the music uh, and, and enjoy it again without, you know, you know, having to scrounge all over on eBay to find a, a, a used copy of it. But uh, so there, there's, there's a little bit of best of both worlds, I guess, sometimes if you can still have, um, maybe that's the thing with the Brenda Lee song, is that you can have a respect for the past and then you can have a... Uh, a nice um, uh, nostalgia for the past, and at the same time, you know, embrace the world today. And speaking about embracing, we're way late for a, a commercial break, so let's oh, do late. this. Yeah, so let's do this. We'll take a quick break here. More in a moment. This is Beck and Millie. I'm just saying on the Big 550 KTRS, and of course online with uh, wherever you get your finest podcasts. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital.
That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We are back. I'm Tom Beckett. He's McGraw Millhaven. We uh, we didn't do a podcast last week because schedules being what they are, sometimes it's tough for us to both uh, combine the schedules and and get things together. But uh, but uh, found some time found some time today to to get this together. And you're right, this is a hectic time of year. I mean, I can imagine. I know that you got a lot of stuff going on at work, and you've got uh, you know a three year old growing crazy, and uh, it is so so that. Let me ask this: Is it a is it a festive time, or is a is it a uh, frustrating time? Is it a no? I time? actually no. It's actually um, quite enjoyable. Um, you know, I was watching. Uh, you know, you would try and uh, try and get her to watch Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. She's not quite there yet with the real human Christmas, but she's into uh, you know Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is coming to town, and you know. She goes, she does the, I don't want to watch Santa Claus is coming to town. I don't want to watch this, daddy. Daddy, I want to watch this. Daddy, I, daddy, don't change the channel, right? So she's, she's, uh, she's all of three and a half. But um, I, I, I bought her some Lincoln Logs. Um, I'm, I'm into, I'm totally into buying old school gifts, including the, um, the Evil Knievel doll. No, I didn't buy the Evil Knievel doll. Um, but I had a great Evil Knievel doll when I was a kid. Um no, I, I um, and then I'm taking her to uh, December 23rd. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer musical is at the Fox, and so I got tickets for the family to go to see that to so the live musical theater. I figured, you know, a Saturday, two days before Christmas, would would, would be a fun Christmassy thing to do. Oh yeah, stop and get some yeah. hot chocolate and uh, uh, right. marshmallows and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy so Kane. that's yeah. So that's sort of. Hopefully it's cold enough to enjoy it. And so, you know, that'll be our first sort of foray into live theater and music and see, you know, she's, you know, I don't want to take her to a ball game, but I'll take her to a play. If she forgets it, then that's fine. But, um, you know, no, it's, it's having a three-year-old is fun. It's uh, I'm, I don't know why you people, not you, but I don't know why I didn't have kids earlier. If I would have known it was this much fun, I, I would have had kids earlier. What do you mean? Not you. What do you mean not you? Well, you don't you don't have any kids, so you couldn't have told me how much fun kids are. I well, I, I don't know that I'd be a great parent. I'm a great uncle and a great, uh, you know. I mean, I, I not a, you're not a great uncle, but uh, you know. I mean, my I'm very close to my niece and nephews, um, and it just never worked out for me, you know. That's just how it is. No, no, no. I, yeah, I understand yeah. that, but I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, you, you, you know, friends of mine who have kids never told me how much fun kids are. That's all. Oh yeah, but okay, but but okay, but now here's the thing. At what age is too old to have kids? In other words, you just had like Al Pacino and um, uh, what, Robert De Niro just had babies. You know, I mean, at some point in time, you got to say, okay, just because you can doesn't mean you should. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, if Al Pacino, well, is it weird that they call me Tony Randall at work? <laughs> no, I think it's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> they call you grandpa. Okay, because this happened. Because my dad, and, 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 and what you're saying, what you're saying is actually what my dad said years and years ago, because I've got a younger sister that is 11 years younger than me. Okay, I'm the oldest, and uh, my parents had me a little bit later in life. They were married eight years before I was born. And then my sister uh, was born 11 years after that. So it was almost 20 years they were married, and they're having their uh, fourth kid, right? And uh, there's about a uh, uh, about a seven or eight-year difference between, you know, the other youngest. So, um, you know, my dad would be like with a stroller, and he had, you know, prematurely gray hair like I did. And, uh, you know, people would call him, oh, that's a lovely grandchild you have. And I'd know that's my daughter, you know, and and uh, so it, it, it does. I think add just a a little um, different twist when you don't necessarily fit the norm. That's happened to me a couple of times, and now now I now people are at least smart enough to say, "Is that your?" And I'm like, "My daughter, my daughter. That's that's my daughter." And they're like, "Oh, <laughs> right, sure, yeah, yeah. You have a lovely, you know." So so some people are like, "Oh, aren't aren't grandkids fun?" I'm like, "It's my daughter." And then other people are like, so what a lovely, and I let him off the hook. You know? Okay, okay. We have, since we were late on the last break, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, but I want to, I want to, that brings up an interesting topic. So totally, on one hand, very uh, relevant to what you just said. On the other hand, not at all relevant. And I'll explain after this on the podcast and on the Big 550 KTRS. We are back. This is Megan Millhaven just saying. And uh, okay, so you talked about how people come up to you if you if you're with your daughter and they don't know if you're the grandfather or the father, so they're hesitant to ask, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so the pharmacy that I go to has got a, one of the pharmacists there, and I don't know if they are a he, she, or they. All right, your your pharmacist, right? But, well, one of the one of the one of the people that worked behind the the, the counter, okay. yeah. Uh, uh, and and because it's a there's a there's a slight trouble of a beard, very feminist teacher uh, features, and wearing like kitty cat earrings, 
And I don't care either way. I mean, you know, however they want to live their life, it doesn't affect me. You know, they get my prescription right. And if, uh, you know, they're nice to be at the counter, have a right. nice day, live your life. And I almost want to ask just to be respectful. You know, you know, what do you want? You know, um, and I know what you like to, to be addressed. And I don't want them to think that I'm like not, you know, being respectful, but I don't right. want to just actually go out and say, hey, so what are you? You know what I mean? How, right. how do you how do you approach something like that? Any suggestions? Hmm. Well, I would just go to a different pharmacist. <laughs> Avoidance. That's that's that that really is that really is the key to everything, right? Just avoid. Just avoid uh, whatever possible. You know, it's a it, well, you know, it it's sort of like um <clears throat> somebody in a wheelchair. It's funny you bring this up. We were at um I was at a store with Emerson, and one of the workers at the store, the retail was in a wheelchair and I purposely went up to him and um, started asking him questions. I had a question about, I don't know, where the light bulbs were or something. And I purposely went up to him and I was asking him questions um, and engaging in conversation with him so that she would not look at him any differently and just look at him as somebody whose legs don't work. And so she, he says he was great because he said, you know, because she was sort of staring at him and he he was like to her. He looks at her and says, yeah, my legs don't work. And she was like, why don't your legs work? And he said, I was in an accident. And they had this really nice little moment where she was sort of asking him questions and he was embracing it because he wasn't being um, marginalized and he wasn't being looked over. Right. He wasn't like being looked away from, he was being acknowledged. And I really think if I would have gone back and asked him that I, I think she got something out of it, realizing that all the people are the same, some just are in wheelchairs. And I, I think he enjoyed it because a young kid sort of embraced who he was and how he was and really didn't care. That, that doesn't yeah, no, answer your that, question. But. No, 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 but actually it does in some ways, you know, because, you know, because we can look at the outside and just assume something. You know, and and you don't know, and that was a great learning uh, uh, moment for your daughter, right? And, and I think that I think you handled that perfectly. I think yeah. you handled that perfectly. You know, and and as much as you know how much it pains me to give you a compliment, I think you handled that perfectly. Right. Uh, so I so this, in, in in all in 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 when you talk to a transgender somebody, I, I would you as one would be avoidance, and if you can't avoid it. I jump in with both feet and say, hi, I, you know, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but, you know, good luck to you. And I support you, whatever decision you make, yeah. or, you know, I yeah. understand, you know, it seems, you know, I, I want to be respectful. Is it okay? You know, if I call you they or something, right? Or, I mean, or just, yeah, or just, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not. You know, yeah, I don't want. But I don't want, but, I don't want to you, think something of you that's not right, and I don't want you thinking something of me that's not right. right. It, it's yeah. it, it, it's it, it's almost like if you wore a lapel with a rainbow on it, you would tell the world that you're you know trans friendly or trans acceptable, in a way. <laughs> you know, you know that's how naive I am. I was in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I saw this uh, nice lapel pin of a guitar had a rainbow on it, and I didn't even think about any of the you know LGBTQ. Uh, connotations to it i just thought oh, hey, that's that's pretty cool it's a nice little souvenir so i got that and i was wearing it to work one day and one of our gay employees said oh man nice rainbow pin i was like what do you mean and he told me i know 
oh no no well that doesn't mean i'm you know and he's it was like a thing where it's like uh you know so i i gave it to him because he really liked it and he would wear it as more of a uh a pride thing and it meant nothing to me other than just a nice souvenir from a trip to my hometown of cleveland but um so uh, you're not so so you took it off so you did did you tell him you're no longer LGBTQ friendly? No, 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 no. I, I took it off because I was. I said, look, you'll get more out of this pin than I will. Hmm. Yeah, no, no. But okay, let me ask you this. Because this happened to me a while back, a couple of years ago now, but woman that I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was a thing like, hey, let's get together, let's get together for uh, lunch. So we got together for lunch. And she walks in and boy, is she fat. Now, I assume she's pregnant. But I'm not a. But I don't want to say anything. You know? Have you ever done that? Have you ever found someone and it's like, is she fat, or is she pregnant? And what well, do you do I, in that situation? You don't. You. <laughs> I almost said that to Mary Lou Retton one time. I was interviewing Mary Lou Retton, and she came in. You know, her handler brought her in, and I was like to myself, I was like, man, Mary Lou Retton let herself go, <laughs> and her handler was like. She made the trip and she's eight months pregnant. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Is that wrong? Is that wrong? Yeah. yeah. And then and then later on, we find out that Mary Lou Retton was dealing with depression issues. And uh, maybe maybe you're responsible. Uh, um, all right. I, I, I know. By the, way, by, the, by the way, that fat woman that I, I'm talking about wound up giving yeah. birth to twins. Yeah. Oh, so, so she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. As she looks uh, right I, now. We we ran out of time, and I'm sorry we didn't get to touch on it. We really should have. But the cultural phenomenon that is Archie Bunker and all in the family with oh. the passing of Norman Lear. I thought it was uh, fascinating that you know, for, uh, the, the four major networks all simulcast a tribute to him um, Wednesday night. You oh, know, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't see it either. But I, I'm sure it's on, it'll be online somewhere. I want, I want, I want so to watch it. I wanted to play a clip from the Archie Bunk from Archie Bunker, and do you know how hard it was to find a clip that wasn't offensive that somebody hasn't been canceled for, but yet it was network television. Yeah, yeah. Try try running a radio show in 2023 and play a clip of of, of Archie Bunker. And somebody say, are you sure we're allowed to play this? Well, that, that sort of goes along with what I, how I started off this hour with me saying, you know, can you criticize the actions of the Israeli government and not be uh, uh, attacked for hating Jews? You know, where, where's where's there the nuance? Where's the, uh, you know, the, the dialogue? And right. I think, I think the, I mean, Archie, Bunker, the dialogue. Yeah. Archie Bunker went from a satirical character that should be mocked to that's the way the president of the United States talks. And they take him seriously. Yeah, yeah. And they're both from Queens. One had a rich dad, one didn't. That's the difference between Archie Bunker and Donald Trump. There you and, go. And, and I've said this, and I haven't gotten any criticism for it. I said, Archie Bunker is Donald Trump. And the people who hate Donald Trump agree with me. And the people who love with me but then you take a look at norman there's other projects what he did with uh, with maude maude actually tackling yeah. abortion you won't find a sitcom yeah. today that tackles right. abortion you know, yeah. you know i mean you won't find you know uh you know the uh 
you know, good times when it showed, you know, a a, uh, a nuclear black family trying to get things uh, done, you know? Yeah. No, no, uh, I you know. know. The Jeffersons? Yeah, the Jeffersons. good times, the Jeffersons, uh, Maude. Uh, Jefferson, had a, Jefferson had an interracial marriage yeah. uh, on the show. Yeah, yeah no. all very taboo at the time. All right, we, we got to go. We're out of time. We're out, we're out of time. Hey, uh, thanks. We'll do it again next uh, next Thursday. And uh, hope you'll subscribe and like us. Until next time, in Omaha, I'm Tom Becker. And in St. Louis, I'm Rob Milhaven. So long, everybody. Ahura Media Production.